Welcome to the Possibility Podcast, hosted by the founders of Possibility, a nonprofit that provides positive opportunities of support for families affected by disability. A podcast for parents just like you, navigating life in the disability community as advocates, parents, and community leaders. And now here are your hosts, Wayne and Tina Cordova. Welcome to the Possibility Podcast, a podcast for parents just like you, navigating life in the disability community as advocates, parents, and community leaders. I'm Wayne Cordova, co-founder and CEO of Possibility, and I'm here with Possibility's co-founder and executive director, Tina Cordova. In today's episode, we have the privilege of speaking with Dr. Greg Valcanti and Tracy Cox, who represent UF CARD, the University of Florida Center for Autism and Related Disabilities. Dr. Greg is the director of the Center for Autism and Related Disabilities and a research assistant professor at the University of Florida in Gainesville. He has a wealth of experience in the field of autism, having worked as a teacher, administrator, and researcher for over 40 years. And Tracy Cox is an education training specialist at UF Card, where they provide essential services and support to individuals with autism and related disabilities, as well as their families. UF Card offers consultation, technical assistance to schools and agencies, training, resource referral, and public education across 14 Florida counties. If you find our podcast valuable and want to support our mission, please consider making a donation at www.donorbox.org slash possibilitypodcast. Your contributions help us continue to provide positive opportunities of support for families affected by disability. And don't forget to subscribe, review, and share our podcast with others. It's a great way to help us reach more families in the disability community. Now, let's dive into our conversation with Greg and Tracy. Hey, Greg. Hey, Tracy. Thanks so much for joining us. We are so happy to have you here on the Possibility Podcast. Thanks for having us. We're very excited to have you. And I just want to kick off kind of a, a little bit about the podcast and you guys introducing what is UF CARD and what is its mission to serving our community? Sure. Um, CARD stands for the Center for Autism and Related Disabilities. And we are located at the University of Florida. We are one of the seven centers that are in the state. We cover uh, counties all the way from Hamilton and then down to Hernando County. So this is our southernmost county that we serve. So it's always interesting. And I know this is part of the reason why we have Greg here for us. It's always great to kind of hear about the origins of organizations like UF CARD. Could you tell us a little bit about what inspired the establishment of UF CARD and, and how it's evolved to meet the needs of individuals with autism and related disabilities over the years? Sure. Um, thanks, Wayne. The, you know, what inspired the development of our center and the other CARD centers across the state was a need. Parents and families, caregivers across the state of Florida especially those whose children were growing up into adolescence and adulthood, felt um, in the 1980s, I don't know how early before that, but in the 1980s, they felt like there was there just was not enough services. There was not enough help for them to get the kinds of education, treatment, and services that their family members needed. And so they banded together, uh, connected um, somewhat through the Autism Society of Florida, which is a, a state branch of the Autism Society of America, and uh, started approaching their legislators and asking for funding for some statewide resources. 
And they were not successful for a number of years, but they kept going back. Um, they made trips to Tallahassee. They made trips to their local representatives in their communities. They wrote letters and they enlisted the help of professionals at a couple of university sites at USF and Miami and other places around the state. And eventually, in around 1988, they were successful in reaching a Florida legislator who had a grandson with autism. And he um, got was successful in getting a little bit of funding for a pilot program at USF that started in 1988, I believe, or 89. But it was just, you know, they couldn't reach the whole state from, from USF Tampa. And so they continued to work through their state legislators and eventually in 1993 got initial funding for four centers, one in Tallahassee at FSU, one in Gainesville at the University of Florida, one in Tampa at USF, and one at the University of Miami. And so that was the beginning in 1993-94, and those four were expanded to include a, a center in Orlando at UCF, a center in Jacksonville at UF Jacksonville, and lastly, a center in Boca Raton at um, Florida Atlantic University. So that's how we came to have seven centers. And since this came through the Florida legislature, they actually passed a law, a Florida state statute that said there shall be autism resource centers, regional resource centers, they're called. And it lays out, you know, pretty specifically what those centers are to do and, and not to do. So diving into that, what kind of uh, services or resources do each of the centers or even more specifically UF CARD provide for families in the community? UF CARD provides individual assistance to families, and then we also provide um, technical assistance to schools and community organizations, just like yourselves. So individual assistance can really be anything for families, whatever they might need. We cannot duplicate services, so if therapies are involved, but you know we can help them with things like self-care skills, behavior strategies, some executive functioning. Even just getting around the community, like going to the dentist or um, any other kind of community outings that might be challenging, we can provide support with that. So a lot of that might be visual supports, education. Okay, so there's two sides to my question or two parts to the question. So first of all, if we're talking about individual assistance and um, helping families, how would a family access that? And what does that look like for a family if they're initiating the assistance. In order to initiate services, we have they have to register with CARD. Um, and that's real easy to do on our website. Um, so once the families can get registered with CARD, and again, our services are from children all the way through adulthood. So anyone that's been diagnosed with autism, or if there's uh, suspected autism, or a family history of autism, then we can provide um, assistance for those individuals. Once they get linked up, and we kind of get them going, then we can provide those services. They can reach out and request services. All, all of the um, card services are free of charge because uh, we are a grant from the, you know, the money is appropriated by the Florida legislature. They 
provided to the Florida Department of Education, and then Department of Education gives it to the university as a grant. So all services are free of charge. We don't bill anybody. We don't deal with insurance. We don't handle money. We don't have anything to do with anything that costs money. Anything we do is free. That's a, I was actually going to ask how you, how you manage to maintain all those services free of charge. And when people do register and they do become you know, uh, registered with CARD, do they receive kind of like a, uh, a, a listing of everything that you do? Because it's a pretty vast list. I mean, even when you're explaining what you're doing, you know, what you're able to do in, in a short form, I'm pretty blown away you know, by all of those you know, services. And families really should take advantage of, even if it's just a matter of having a handy dandy list available of you know, what they might need in the future. I mean, when you talked about dental, my daughter just had her dental appointment. You know, we kind of we talk about it on our way there, but being able to even provide things like social stories and that kind of thing to be able to get there, that's, that's a big deal. Yeah, I think a lot of times we can take little things for granted, but they can be big. It's a big deal for some of our, our families. And so we want to be able to support them and, and make things the less stressful on kids and, and their families as well. And peace of mind is just a huge value. I mean, like that's, you know, being able to have that kind of peace of mind when it comes to, I, I don't know where to go. I don't know where to turn. And even when it comes to coming to you all, when it comes to resources that you don't necessarily offer at card, they can at least come to you and find out where to go next. That's right. And, um, you know, you were asking about the, how do people learn what, what we do have to offer? It's a process. Um, it, sometimes it takes a little while, but you know the first thing that we do is we invite everyone to an orientation. So we have live orientation Zoom sessions to talk with people about you know what's what we have available, and we have recorded on our website as well for people who couldn't show up at the live session. So we do that and hope that you know people will attend. But if you know people aren't available. To do that, you know, they can call us up and we'll talk with them on the phone about what resources we have and how to find those ones that we don't have available. It's interesting that although we have a small staff of professionals, we also have um, four individuals on our staff who are parents of uh, children or and adults with autism. When it comes to, I know you had mentioned earlier, you know, about not providing therapies or you know and, and duplicating those kind of services or even you know when it comes to the diagnosis can you explain more about the the collaboration with other professionals and how you go about doing that or or how that collaboration with other organizations comes to fruition yeah you know fortunately we've been um in this business for 30 years so we've established a lot of relationships you know for example the public school systems you know we have so many connections and and good relationships now wasn't always that way um but we you know we have so many good connections and uh know kind of who to turn to 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 get things done when a family needs some help but there are new resources that become available you know on a day by day basis perhaps you know new behavior therapists offices that open up or or a new dentist like Tracy mentioned that is willing to work with kids with special needs so um you know we 
rely on our staff, but we also rely on the families that we work with to give us referrals and say, you know, I took my child to this um, hair cutter and they were very patient and understanding of a child who's got some hyperactivity and some sensory issues. And so we keep a, a database of the community providers. And when people call us up and say, you know, where can I find a speech therapist that can work with my child in Citrus County, we can tell them these are the ones that we know of that other folks have used and have been successful with. So along with that, just kind of diving a little bit deeper into those resources and things, do you kind of have like a vetting system that you do or is it just on family referral? Do you create partnerships with them or provide training for different organizations or resources as well? We do work to create partnerships and we do provide training to them, but we do not vet them. And and we, you know, try to be very careful to let families know that, you know, these are people that uh, other families have used and have had some success with. But, you know, you're going to need to check them out yourself. You certainly are going to need to check them out in terms of whether they accept what kind of insurance that you have or something like that. But, you know, getting back to the partnerships we do for a, a good example is the UF College of Dentistry has uh, now has a, a special clinic for children with special needs or a couple of actually a couple of clinics. And so, you know, we send our staff there and have sent our staff there to provide training to the faculty and dental students and all the clinicians there to help them understand about sensory sensitivities and the fears that someone might have and how to help them through that and how to let children make visits without having to uh, have their examination or have any work done just to get familiar with the environment. So um, we try to do that as much as possible. That's a great idea too, being able to set up uh, appointments just to pay a visit without having to, you know, get something done because that can definitely put you at ease when you kind of begin to realize that there's some people I can be familiar with and these are my friends and I can, you know, interact with them. Um, I, I wanted to talk about one of these partnerships that that you all have um, because Possibility has partnered with UF Card for our, our staff trainings, right, Tracy? And so, uh, if you wouldn't mind, shed a little bit of light on on that partnership that we've you know, that we have with you all and why it's um why it's significant for both organizations uh and the community. Yeah, so I think I think our initial meeting was sometime over the summer and we did some staff training um and we talked a lot about sensory processing and different strategies um that you know the staff could use when engaging with kids um because we all have individual differences. So I think that was our big focus and and maintaining and building those relationships with the kids that are coming to the clubhouse. And then we talked a little bit about visual supports too, and how that can be implemented throughout the club, you know, to really help kids that, uh, that need that to help with their, their language skills and, and behavior and, and transitions and things like that. So that's been our big focus so far. And I, I hope that our collaboration continues here. I think we've got some, some different things in the works in the future. But I think it's it's really important for the staff. You guys have a great staff over there and they're really motivated to learn. And I think that is great because it's going to carry over into really great relationships with the kids that are there. And it's neat to see, you know, a, a lot of um, many of our families have a relationship with CARD. 
and being able to express that and just kind of, you know, when when I hear of our families who have already had interactions with you and uh, who have had interactions with Card and finding out that kind of info, that's always been neat. Sometimes, you know, you share our info on your Facebook pages and, and vice versa. And I see that and I just think what an incredible way to really reach and serve families, you know, just in that same way of just getting the word out about stuff that's going on, whether it's a sensory friendly movie screening or a recreational recharge that's happening, you know, for, for parents, being able to kind of get that word out to let parents know that there's stuff that's going on for you and genuinely for you. It's accessible, it's sensory friendly. That that's been that's been neat. And I it's in that part, you know, in the early part of things for us too. I've been excited about that partnership with, you know, with UF Card and really being able to extend our reach in that same way. So that's that's been valuable. I had a lot of fun during your training. That's always a cool thing. And um success stories, I want to talk a little bit about that because those can be so inspiring. Can you share some examples of how UF Card's made some positive impact on impact on uh, lives of individuals? You know, I, I think it's important for I hope for the podcast listeners to know that. Since the beginning of the formation of of our center and and the other card centers, you know, we've understood that we're in Gainesville and it's pretty centrally located for all the 14 counties that we serve, but it's quite a distance from, you know, places like Brooksville or up in north in Hamilton County, which is at the Georgia border. And so we've wanted people to know that you don't need to come to Gainesville to get help from card that we will come to you. So it's involved a lot of traveling over the years. And so the good news, and this gets to the partnership uh, talking about with CARD and possibility, is that, you know, it was just last year that we hired Tracy to work with us and that she lives in Hernando County and that she is a local and she is more easily available, perhaps, or at least people can just feel like, I don't even have to, even though we tell people you don't have to come to Gainesville, you know, the more that we have people who are in the community and who can have these connections and these partnerships, uh, the better. And that's that's a big goal of ours is to have more people in the communities um, around North Central Florida. And so, you know, we're just very delighted to have um, Tracy to be a card staff person who is located in Hernando County. And then she can tell you more about some of the the impact and success stories. So even though for me right now, I can't give anything personal because as as Greg said, I just started earlier this year, but I want to speak on behalf of, or Greg, but I now have worked, you know, or come in contact with families that Greg has worked with for the past 30 years since he's been at CARD. And multiple families have just said that Greg has made such an impact on their life and that, you know, he started working with their families when their kids were toddlers and now they're grown adults. And they, you know, and I feel like that relationship that he built with them over the past 30 years, it's it's just, you know, the parents are happy and truly feel blessed that Card has been a part of their life and, and their child's journey. So that that I have to speak for Greg or with that and give him just it's nice to hear those stories. So I'm going to kind of toot your horn, Tracy, because you also need to be uh, commended for your work. Even though you've just recently started with CARD, um, not only the training that you've provided for Possibility and our staff helping us to succeed as an organization and servicing families or not not servicing, I shouldn't say that because we're not really a service provider, but we are a recreation provider. But with that, we try to 
meet the needs of the kids that come in here. And through your trainings and your provision, even the working with individual families, you've come in and help, helped us with strategies and um, helped us to be more inclusive. Uh, and so we're, I just, I appreciate you and you have so much wealth of knowledge. Um, and I can only wait to see how that will grow and improve throughout your experience and years with CARD. But with that, um, just kind of going on about some strategies and, and you know, we can talk about individual um, circumstances like going to the dentist or even just coming to possibility. We've utilized some strategies that you've taught us like visuals and visual supports. Um, can you elaborate on that a little bit? Maybe help families understand what are the different strategies that you may teach or implement or what does that look like and how can families kind of get started with that? All right. So visual supports, um, you know, can help kids in a lot of different ways. And I think visual supports, I use visual supports throughout my day. I have a planner and, you know, I make lists and things like that. And so some kids really need it because they have language uh, delays. Other kids, it really just helps with their regulation. And so I think when we can give them an added support to help them stay regulated, to help them be as independent as possible, then we should be able to provide those. Um, for kids. And so, you know, we use a lot of different ones. Some common ones are like if a first then board, or you might hear it as a if then, um, you know, so we can provide visuals for that. It could be daily schedules. It could be um, even activities, you know, specific schedules like to help sequence a task. Um, so there's all different types of visual supports. And so that is something that we do a lot of again, to just provide an extra layer, like a child may be given an auditory cue or like a verbal direction. But sometimes, you know, giving them that extra visual support, really, it really helps them. And, and um, again, uh, just sorry, Greg, you go ahead, finish. No, that's okay. That's it. Oh, uh, what I was going to add was that because we, we were talking earlier about um, what we can learn from adults who tell us about their experience. And so adults um, with autism tell us that uh, they benefit from seeing things written down or seeing things in picture, pictures instead of just hearing them. And that that's one of the ways they learn best. So that's, you know, that's part of that story also. We also find that, you know, I think Wayne mentioned about social stories, you know, just having a little story about what to expect on your next visit to the doctor or Going on an airplane, a social story about what that's going to be like with pictures can help to lessen the anxiety and prepare the child for a successful experience. So, you know, I had a, a mom that I met with last week and was showing her some of the visual support kinds of things that we have made for other children. And, and one of the things we came upon was rules, you know, rules about my hands. and you know, instead of it just being all negative about no hitting and no kicking and no pushing, it shows, you know, hands are for holding and hands are for giving a high five and hands help us to eat or to shake hands, you know, and to, you know, try to make it visual, but positive as well. One of my favorite things here at our clubhouse, Emily's clubhouse here at Possibility, are the visuals that we have on our wall. They help me. You know, it's, uh, I always, I tend to look at the wall. We have a visual uh, schedule and, you know, it lets us know this is when we're doing check in. This is when we're having open play. This is when craft time is. I'm always aware of when snack time is because I benefit too. But, it, you know, it's one of those things where I love those, those visuals. And 
I use them myself. I find myself looking at the wall going, what are we doing now or what's going next? And it's useful straight across the board for everybody. And several of the possibility kids that show up at our clubhouse, they look to that to know, you know, what what's coming and some of them who, you know, maybe they are hyper focused on wanting to go home or maybe they want to uh, you know, they're having fun, but they're like, okay, but I, you know, when's dad going to come pick me up? When's mom going to come pick me up? They're able to see that and they're able to kind of go through and say, well, you know, we still have to do snack time and game time. And then look up oh, here, here's when pickup time is. And it's a, and it's a huge help, you know, even for me as an adult, when it comes to communicating, kind of be able to say like, see, look, this is all that has to happen first in order for us to get to this bottom part. That to me is just one of the, the coolest things. And as a dad of a daughter who communicates electronically in that same way. Uh, she, you know, she sees this eye gaze, she sees what she wants to say, and then she says it. And at the same time, I also use that with her to you know, say, you know, do you, even when it comes to liking something, do you like this? Yes or no? And she's able to point that out and tell me that just that simple act alone shows us you know, how, how communication isn't just about a verbal thing, uh, isn't just you know, about you know, expressing yourselves through your own voice. I remember when our daughter first started using her eye gaze, uh, we found out that there's an item that she was having for dinner that we've been feeding her forever that she did not like. And, <laughs> and it's just one of those things where I was like, oh, you know, do you like this? And she kept saying no. And we're like, get rid of this. We're no longer feeding her this. You know? And so it's just, it opens the door when you're able to just open yourself up to various forms of communication. That's right. And so much of our communication is nonverbal you know, through our gestures, right? Our body language, things like that. So visual supports give us another way to communicate. And, you know, it gives people a voice and independence. It fosters independence, which is what, you know, we we want. We want everyone to be as independent as possible. So I love that. And I just want to reiterate because I love the fact that we all use visual supports, as you said, Tracy, and it just may look a little different. And when I think visual supports initially as a former educator, I'm thinking pictures. Everything has to be in pictures, but it doesn't always have to do with just pictures. Pictures help, and especially as they're learning and developing language. But it could be, like you said, a list. It could be a calendar. It could be you know, a schedule or something like that. And it doesn't always have to be depicted in pictures. But as they grow and gain that that independence, you know, those lists and things can help them stay organized and accomplish greater things in life as well. Yeah, that's right. And I, it's executive functioning, you know, and a lot, we all, I, I shouldn't say not everyone, a lot of us use those strategies to kind of get through the day. So, yeah. No, it's great. It's great life skills too for them to learn and develop uh, along the way, whether we, we realize it or not, we're developing those yes. skills. Yes, so. absolutely. <laughs> Uh, I want to jump into some of um, so, some of our, our 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 talk about the the digital age. I mean, we're talking right now, right? Thanks to the magic of the internet, right? And thanks to all this, and uh, you know, COVID nineteen, the whole the whole pandemic brought a bunch of unique challenges and opportunities. How do you think that uh, UF Card has adapted to this new landscape in terms of online resources and support as well? Yeah, we um, you know we had to jump when when we all had to go online. And so, you know, one example of that, uh, we, we talked a little earlier before the podcast about the support groups that you folks have at Possibility. And we have support groups through CARD as well. They all had to go online when uh, COVID first happened. 
And since that time, we've come back to being able to do both like like you folks are. You know, some folks really want to meet face to face. And for us, the importance of the online ones is is double. It's because, you know, some folks might be at work or, you know, have their um, schedules with their children, uh, you know, not make it easy for them to meet face to face. But also just because of the geography that we cover 14 counties. and so. We can't be everywhere face to face. So it, it's been very good for us to have uh, support groups. So we do have support groups for parents that are online as well as, you know, face to face in Gainesville. We have a, a support group that we've run for some time in Lake City, Florida. That's a face to face one. And um, we also have online groups for women who are on the spectrum. We have social groups for children that's face-to-face in Gainesville. Information about that's on our website. And we've got adults on the spectrum support groups, one that's a face-to-face group and one that's an online group as well. So certainly that's, you know, one area where the technology has helped us a lot. We were zooming into classrooms, <laughs> trying to observe children in school back in 2021 or 2020, something like that. But we also have developed a, a few, not as many as you folks, but we've got a few podcasts as well um, that are available on our card website. It really has been, when you talk about accessibility, it's been a blessing in disguise to be able to kind of, for a time, you know, have to force ourselves to get into digital resources things like these Zoom meetings and that kind of thing. And then kind of when when the camera pulled back a little bit, we started to realize that you know, for a lot of families and a lot of individuals, these digital resources actually are invaluable. They're about this, you know, just like you know, a lot of in-person services and a lot of other you know, helps. But being able to do you know, podcasts like this, yes, but then also to be able to go online and, and to get into a support group where you know, maybe you can't, maybe you don't have childcare for a, a support group that meets in person to be able to Go and and do that. That's a that's a big help, you know, to be able to get online, connect with other people, be able to express your own needs, and to be able to share, you know, what's going on in your life, and then to kind of have that kind of freedom. So that's really neat to be able to, you know, especially to, to log on and and get those kind of trainings, get that kind of help. It's one of those things where if you are looking for the help and if you are looking for the the resources, you'll be able to find them. And uh, you know, it's so neat that Card has all those, you know, and they're all available at your website, right? Absolutely. And um, besides that, we have live online trainings and Tracy's been participating um, and helping to provide some of the the trainings. You can talk about a little bit the trainings that we've got or that you've been providing to families as well. Yeah. So we have one going on right now. It's students with extensive needs and it's been running. I guess it'll run for eight weeks. I think we're on week four right now. And um, that's for teachers and parents are in there too. And that runs on Thursdays from four to five 30. So that's one that we have going on right now. And then also two times a year, we do behavioral strategies that work. And that's an eight week series that happens. Usually in the fall, it happens at night. And then in the spring, we typically offer that during like a lunch and learn time. So that should be coming up again in the spring. We have different, a bunch of different trainings. We've had really great ones. Uh, recently, I went to one that we had with law enforcement, 
And that was really great to listen to the law enforcement kind of, I don't want to say give us the do's and don'ts, but kind of their perspective of what things look like and and what can individuals and families do to kind of help law enforcement know that if there is someone in the house with special needs, what would be helpful for them to know. Um, So that we had that going on and we have some other neurodiversity relationship, one that we just happened to have too. And that was really great. So we have a bunch of bunch of things that are going on. And if people really have an inkling for more knowledge about something, we can make that happen as well and, and get a speaker that can talk about that. No, I I love the resource hub of the website. And I think that's exactly what it is, is a resource hub that anybody can find what they need kind of within your your website. And I love the accessibility of it. I know going back a little bit to how we were all just thrown into this digital age um, because of the pandemic, but really it has broken down a lot of barriers for families to access resources as well. So just kind of along that, and as we continue to grow in partnership and grow as an organization, what are some future goals or future things that CARD has in mind coming up? Anything exciting that you want to share with us or are able to share with us? And then how can we kind of stay connected? Well, the, the first thing that we have coming up is that we have an annual conference each year. As a matter of fact, it is required by the legislation that creates these centers that there shall be an annual conference. And so, you know, just to keep it centrally located, we have decided to keep it in Orlando each year. So this year, January, I think it's around the 12th to the 14th or something like that. That's coming up and in Orlando. and. You know, it's such a great meeting place for networking with other families from around the state, for seeing old friends, for connecting with the Autism Society of Florida, for connecting with professionals who will come and give presentations from outside of Florida and people on the autism spectrum as well. We do, we even have a um, a Spanish uh, day of of speakers for those who are Spanish speakers as well. So that's uh, all available through our website. I think it's just hardconference.org. And that's specifically a conference for, is it for uh, families or is it for professionals as well? It's for anyone, um, but it's, I would say it's geared more to families. That's awesome. So what about um, any, other, are there any other event. I mean, I know you talked about some of the trainings that you have coming up and and everything. Are there any family events or other uh, other projects that are happening uh, in the future at UF Card that uh, you'd like for us to know about? We just have those trainings that are coming up in the spring, um, and they are listed on our website. <laughs> A conference is big enough. So. Yeah, they can, yeah, no, that, that's, yeah. Sorry, that's, that's great. Um, no, no, yeah. you're good. No, you're fine. Well, yeah, we'll, that's... we'll find. Well, we, you know, need to refresh our memories. But let me just just mention it on the podcast here that the information for the card conference is www.cardconference.info. But I'm sure you can share that as well. I can share that. Yes. Excellent. Yeah, we'll have all of our all those links and stuff. We'll. We'll put it in our show notes so that everybody can um, get a hold of those when they're there. We want to thank you all so much for the time that you've given us. And honestly, I you know for us, the resources that Card offers is invaluable. I really want to encourage folks you know to go online and and to check it out. 
But um, another uh, another thing too is you you have a Facebook page that folks can join if they want to stay up on all these things that you have going on because you also do a tremendous job at UF Card of sharing what else is going on uh, through other organizations. I mean, not just ours, you know, but also other organizations that are out there. You do a tremendous job of going and, and, and doing that. Would you all mind kind of just sharing overall all the different places that people can reach out to you and, and get connected? Uh, yes. You know, besides the, the website uh, and the Facebook page, we have the pretty much the full range of social media places that people can reach us. But we also, you know, we want to let people know that anyone who wants to just call in, they can can reach us by phone 352-265-2230. Um, they can email us card-info at ufl.edu. Uh, certainly on our website, there's a, a page that's events, an events page that you know, you'll know you see information about uh, teaching students with extensive support needs that Tracy mentioned, uh, um, embracing autism in the workplace, social stories, uh, webinar that's coming up, and uh, the information about our annual conference as well. Excellent. Greg and Tracy, we want to thank you so much for joining us here on the Possibility Podcast. And uh, is there anything else you want to share before we uh, we sign off? Just we appreciate you having us. And I look forward to meeting more uh, families in Hernando. So please reach out if you need some help. Yes, thank you both. Sometimes I like to tell um, people that, you know, one of our goals is to meet every person with autism in Florida. Whether you need help or not, if you don't need help, we just still would like to know you. So we look forward to, to meeting more folks in Hernando and all around the state. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. Thank you so much for being a part. Thank you for joining us on another insightful episode of the Possibility Podcast. We hope you found our conversation with Dr. Greg Falconsi and Tracy Cox from the UF Card enlightening and informative. Their wealth of knowledge and dedication to the autism community is truly inspiring. We also want to thank all our listeners for your continued support. If you enjoyed this episode and want to help us continue our mission to provide positive opportunities of support for families affected by disability, please consider making a donation at www.donorbox.org slash possibility podcast. Every dollar goes a long way in helping us make a difference. And as always, don't forget to subscribe, review, and share our podcast with others in your community. Your support helps us reach more families who can benefit from the resources and insights we provide. For more information about Possibility and our programs, visit www.possibility.life. We look forward to having you with us on our next episode, where we'll continue to explore important topics and share valuable stories within the disability community. Until next time, be well. Be well.